it's it's not like when you have to do the yeah <laughs> one, one two, two three, three. <laughs> which it doesn't make any sense to do in person but we did it <laughs> oh yeah uh hello welcome to hugh to hugh think hugh are And I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And we're this is in, we're doing this podcast in person. In person, boo boo. This is the first time we've recorded a podcast in person since. Um, this, well, this is the first time we've ever recorded this particular podcast in person. Yes, we um, used to record our old podcast. The podcast in Zoe's that must room. not be named. Yes, <laughs> one of the in, found in the shambles in York. Uh, we used to record that in person, and we've never done this one in person, so. What better way to celebrate doing that than by by not watching <laughs> the movie that that we are recording this podcast about? Yeah, full disclosure, I think I watched about 15 to 20 minutes of this movie in clips on YouTube. I skim-watched this movie to confirm the Wikipedia plot points. Uh, the movie is 1992's erotic romantic thriller... <laughs> Bitter Moon by the famous film director and paedophile and paedophile uh, Roman Polanski who have you seen anything else by Roman Polanski? I don't think so but I don't know what his films are he I found out when we were preparing for this podcast I did next to no preparation (laughs) he directed The Pianist which is oh. the Holocaust movie starring... I think I've seen most of that. I think it's just Adrian Brody. Is it in black and white? No, I don't think so, unless it's an older one that he... Uh, no, 2002 is The Pianist, which I think is not in black and white. But I believe it is based on... I don't think you can just see what I usually do when we're yeah, recording online, which is wikipedia on the moment. But I believe that it's based on... Well, he it's based on a book, I think, but I think he directed it because it's, it takes place in the ghetto where he um, was hiding out from the Holocaust when he was a younger man. Roman Polanski? Yes. How old is he? He was born in 1933. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, obviously, what like, the fuck? Yes. Obviously, like, I understand that this is more information than you might want to know about Roman Polanski because... The headline is that he is a paedophile and rapist, but, um, <laughs> so he's just looking at the Wikipedia page of Roman Polanski very intently now. <laughs> no, I was trying to do some maths because I know that the lead in Bitter Moon mm. is his wife. Yes. And I know that she was 23 when they met in the 90s, so I was just trying to work out how old he was So he was must be like 50, 60, 50? I think 50. The 90s were 40 years ago. Jesus Christ. Wait. <laughs> They weren't 40 years ago. Well, 1991 was 40 years ago. No, it wasn't! <laughs> it really, really, really wasn't. It was 30 years ago. I can, I, can see, I can see where your brain took you there. But, no. Uh, I'm sorry, I said that with so much conviction. Zoe's in a new town. She doesn't know what's going on. Um, yeah. No, I mean... Um, yeah, he, I'm not saying that him being a survivor of the Holocaust redeems him for mm. the other things in his life, but that is the only other movie that I know by him. So, yeah. just, just a little bit of trivia about him, really. Um, 
I, it's fucked up that his wife was the lead role for this movie because yeah well we'll get into it but... well do you want to tell us the plot of this movie sure I don't have <laughs> which we didn't watch I, I didn't I watched some of it I didn't write a synopsis for this because I didn't really want to write those words mm. so I'm just gonna kind of eyeball it and say that Bitter Moon is about Hugh Grant yeah being on a boat yeah. with his wife Fiona. Did you recognise her? She on the Wikipedia is someone I do not recognise. No. I didn't recognise her. Well we'll get to her in the extended universe bit. Okay. I mean you asked me if I recognised a character I watched at most twenty minutes of footage from. And most of the bits of this movie I watched didn't involve her because she's not super important yeah. until the end of the movie i didn't watch the end i really hope no fans of bitter moon are listening to this hey if you're a fan of bitter moon and you're listening to this stop being a fan of bitter moon yeah um oh, i can't wait to read some of the reviews of this on which are on the wikipedia because they're great so hugh grant and his wife on a boat a cruise ship they're quite a boring mm. couple but they're they... going to india to spice up their marriage yes but they kind of they enjoy being boring together like they mm. clearly enjoy they're the comfortable pa- yeah they're comfy they're cozy they're quite in love uh, and then Hugh Grant is in the bar of the cruise ship and he meets a woman and what is her deal she, she is so sexy she's not she, she finds him to be boring and Hugh Grant can't figure out why so he leaves the bar because he has failed to maybe get with her although he is with his wife who he loves so confusing and he's immediately accosted by an old man in a wheelchair who happens to be her husband yeah and he decides to bring Hugh Grant back to his cabin and tell him the entire story of their relationship through many separate meetings which Hugh Grant attends uh things slowly unravel and you realize that um while initially he was very in love with this woman who was a lot younger than him uh, this man entered into a sadistic relationship with her uh, where he constantly degraded her. Uh, eventually, he, I think, was in a car crash. I didn't find out how he became to be in the Oh, wheelchair. well, let me... T- I need to tell you. Because I just, I just watched the bit where he told Hugh Grant that he's this way because of her. Yes, okay, well, should I tell you? Yeah, I'd love basically, to basically... He uh, is in... He's in a crash, I think. Like a car crash. No, no, sorry. He, like, walks into a car crash or something and gets hurt. And then he's in hospital. And he's got, like, some fractures, but he's recovering. And obviously, at this point in the movie, he has been so degrading and violent towards Mimi, his wife or partner. Um, and she has been staying with him because she just loves him and just will do anything for him because she just wants to be with him. But she's been, like, really put through through it by him. So she basically uh, pulls him out of his bed and leaves him hanging from the device he's connected to in the bed, which makes right. him a paraplegic. Right. And then they enter into a subversion of their relationship mm. where she is dominant of him. Right. Uh, so that's the story, which is told through copious flashbacks. Like, so many flashbacks. And then, basically, Hugh Grant comes away from this and he's like, yeah, there's just something about that girl. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. And then, I think his wife has sex with her, maybe. And then, 
uh, Oscar, the man who is married to Mimi, shoots himself and Mimi, and Hugh Grant and his wife are like, what was that about? Um, and, that, and that's the movie. <laughs> and that's, that is from me skimming the movie and reading the Wikipedia yeah. plot about three times. <laughs> if anyone would like to tell us that we've misunderstood the film Bitter Moon... We don't care. We haven't. We just, we just don't care. <laughs> we haven't misunderstood it, trust me. Um, I'd like to dive straight into the extended universe. Okay. Because the woman who Hugh Grant is married to, I didn't look this up, but I believe that that's the woman from Four Weddings who's oh. in love with him. Oh, hey, here's a fun fact about Bitter Moon. <laughs> <laughs> no, so if we look at the extended universe, then mm. the story is that... He doesn't stay with Andy McDowell for that long at the end of Four Weddings. He does get with the woman who's been in love with him for his whole life. They have a very happy but, you know, fairly monotonous marriage for seven years. And then they go on holiday to India on a cruise. And this all happens. I can believe that. And do you want to know something amazing? What? Which I've just found out. What? Bitter Moon and Four Weddings and a Funeral were uh, Christian Scott Thomas's 1992 and 1994 uh, movies they happen next to each other in both movies she played a woman called Fiona <laughs> she <doesn't laughs> looks like a Fiona so so did did um what's his name the guy who makes all Richard Curtis mm. just watch Bitter Moon and think like Fiona <laughs> suits <character>. her <laughs> yeah like it's not like it's not like she took the movie and made it her own really is it and mm. I, I admittedly have not watched much of Bitter Moon but yeah. I don't think that you would walk away from the movie thinking like well, I know the movie was about that other woman, but how about how about yeah. Hugh Grant's wife? I mean, speaking of this woman, if we move on to Hugh's that girl, <laughs> you're just like let's just. Do this. I'm like we're in person, so I'm actually going to name all of our all of our <laughs> segments. Um, what did you think of the representation of women abuse? <laughs> Power. Well, the whole the whole movie. Well, I watched a very small amount of this movie, but it seemed kind of. You know, I feel like there's a world out there where there are probably like people who are apologists for Roman Polanski, mm. or are like, well, is dispute you know? Oh well, did it? You know, you, pe- you know the usual people who are like innocent till proven guilty, yeah. or like on whatever. I feel like this movie he kind of tells on himself a bit. With, He's really telling on himself. It kind of is like he, you know, the the main guy in this movie is not Hugh Grant. It is the man telling him the story. Yes, the decrepit is... old man yes. married to the hot young lady yes. who just so happens to be the wife of the decrepit old man who directed this movie. Yes, and and it's very it's laid out very plainly that this man just wants to treat uh, this woman like shit uh, for no reason. But Robin. She wants it. <laughs> the movie explicitly tells us that she literally begged on her knees for him to treat her like shit. And I think the thing is, it just it just moves into a space of, like, him delighting in just, like, tormenting her domestically mm. and, like, in every act, action of her life and make it... And, like, it's... The jump is, like, she she just wants to be with him and then he's like well she wants this yeah. this being treated this way and it's very i don't know i just feel like it's very obvious that roman Polanski is saying like yeah i'm a piece of shit and i'm happy with it yeah. and this is what it looks like and and it, and you know what it is cool yeah. like cuz it is cuz i stylized it and it looks 
cool. Does it, Roman? Yeah. And um, side note, <laughs> you know how Nicki Minaj, one of her characters is called Roman? Mm. I can't remember what the full name is, but it's like Roman Polanyi, and it's just named <laughs> after Roman Polanski. That's quite funny. That's quite, like, I don't know. It's like a deep cut, I think. Well, it's so. just part of Nicki Minaj's wider pattern of supporting child sexual predators. Sure. Uh, sorry to any barbs out there. Um. Well, but the thing is also, going back to this woman, Mimi, did you say her name was? Her name is Mimi. I really sincerely hope her name is Mimi. Michelin Mimi Bouvier. Okay, Mimi. She's one of the Simpsons. She's one of Marge's sisters. <laughs> it's really... It's very clear that she is an extremely vulnerable young woman. Mm-hmm. Like, she is not illegally young, mm. but she is extremely young. Oh, it's... I mean, in the first flashback, it has the feel of a student teacher. Um, and you know, it's like, it's like she's like... She's a dancer. He's an old yeah. writer. They've she... been together for a few years, clearly. Mm. And she's only, like, 20-something. Mm. So, well, I think I think the flashback portrays her as maybe just out of being a teenager, like an adult yeah. teenager. I think it's like she's like twenty, something, you know. And yeah. he, and I think there's a line which uh, someone pulled up. I think on when I was scrolling the letterbox reviews, as I do for every edition of yeah. this podcast, where someone was saying like, "Oh, she was sexually mature, but there was something so naive about her," which is you know, again they no, were no, like, no. "What that means is." She is immature and not emotionally ready (laughs) for the kind of abuse that you're going to put her through. Side note, no one is. And you, as an individual, are deeming her Mm. as sexual in a way that she has not consented to. It's funny because, like, it's such a thing for a writer, like a male Mm. writer, to write in their book. Like, and, and his character as a writer being like... So, like, you could read it. Yeah. If it wasn't Roman Polanski, you'd be like, this is, like, a critique of, like, yeah. male writers. I really... But... It, it felt like... It, I really felt like the um, the way that he speaks about his wife mm. really reminded me of the writing in Lolita. Mm. But while Nabokov was sort of... I mean, like, I'm not going to... I'm not going to posit an opinion on Lolita. Mm. I know people have a lot of opinions, but my understanding is that Nabokov was sort of trying to write about... Um, Oh, why pedophiles are bad mm. <laughs> shocking um, and the book was supposed to sort of it was supposed to be unquestionable that the main character is a terrible terrible person and lots of people read the book and were like this is some hot shit <laughs> and just completely misunderstood what he was trying to do yes. and that's kind of what this reminded me of like, the way that he was talking about her I was like you're a fucking predator yeah you're, you're... But he's not writing it to be like they're bad. No. He's, he's writing it to be like this is me. That was yeah. me that I did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was. It was. Imagine like, being wild. Imagine being like I have two autobiograph- autobiographical movies in my life: The Pianist and Bitter Moon. <laughs> but okay, okay, that's okay. Like, but yeah, I mean, I think that the broader point is like this is like honestly like. Not that I've watched it, but it's... Well, I mean, I just think, like, what, skim, skim watching it, I know that I wouldn't be able to watch this because there were some scenes where I was, like... And, like, um, people have said it's, like, the cruelest movie they've ever watched. Mm. But one thing I thought about it was that... Do you know about My Dinner with Andre? It's, like, a movie where these two men meet up 
They're like old friends who haven't seen each other for a while. Mm. They meet up, and the whole movie is just them having dinner together in a restaurant discussing just life nice. and philosophy. Yeah, apparently it's really good, but it is a whole like movie. Like the trip. Yeah, they're, they're, literally, <laughs> they're literally just at dinner the whole movie. And the way that this movie was just... It was just the guy who's supposed to be Roman Polanski being like, Hugh Grant, come in here, I've got to tell you about my yeah. wife for two hours had that it was like oh my erotic dinner with andre or something but one thing i did enjoy was that until it kind of got hugh grant you know becomes like intrigued he's just kind of every time he walks out of the room from one of the conversations with oscar he's just like what the fuck did robin polanski just do like why the fuck am i talking to this man and like probably being in this had that effect on these people like yeah, I mean, Hugh Grant has spoken very fondly of his time with Roman. Really? Yeah. Hugh Grant, unfortunately, this is where Comrade Hugh has let us down. Uh, he <laughs> Oh, the one way he's let us down. Yeah, <laughs> he has, in interviews, he's spoken positively about both Roman Polanski and Woody Allen. Mm. Um, don't love that for you, Hugh. And yet he refuses to speak kindly of... Uh... Oh, wait, no, he loves Mark Lawrence, I forgot. I think he just loves all the directors he's worked with, to be honest. I mean, he just wants to keep working, doesn't he? Well, no, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that this is... I can't think of many other movies that are are like as sadistic as this. It really reminded me also of a book I read a while ago, which I also did not finish, called Mm. A Little Life. I don't know if you know that book. I do know it. I've not read it. It's like 700 pages of like just like someone wrote a character... And they were like, what if I just tortured this character mm. I've invented in my head with every single possible bad thing that could happen to them? Yeah. To such a point that, like, I think she said she wanted the book to f- start at a certain level of lighting and get darker and darker and darker and darker until it was pitch black. And, like, that's pretty... That's not an enjoyable... Like, yeah. I, I understand that darkness is a part of writing, but it's not an enjoyable thing. As, a, as an exercise, it's just a bit boring to me. And this has the same effect of, like, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, like, I don't think it's saying anything interesting. Well, one moment that I happened upon was... (laughs) That I chanced upon this (laughs) little moment. Was um, when it seemed like he was sort of reaching the apex of his cruelty towards Mimi. Mm. Um, And he, like, hit her a lot. And it seemed like maybe she was dead. Yes, yeah. But then she wasn't. And then that fixed their relationship. Mm. Um... Yes. Which again is just kind of like it. Rem- <laughs> just gonna once again be like it reminded me of this other thing that's <laughs> that I did. Do with it. <laughs> no, it reminded me of the um, this trope in a lot of stuff where like um, men rape women into loving them. Mm-hmm. Which um, in particular, I was thinking of Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. where like she has this terrible relationship with her husband, and then at the end he rapes her, and then she's in love with him again mm. and that's when he leaves her mm. um, and it, it just had the same it was exactly the same thing it was like he beat her up and then she was in love with him and then he wanted to leave her Yes. and it was just like what what, what? yeah it, 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 it's kind of it's, it's, it's those pieces of art where it just do- there doesn't connect like mm. those moments don't connect and you're supposed to think they do because they're like it's kind of an abstract weird thing but I don't know Shall I, I want to read some of the reviews on Wikipedia I would love for to hear this some reviews. this is a little so <laughs> uh, Variety commented that Roman Polanski approaches rock bottom and called the film 
A phony slice of Hui Klo drama, which I don't know what Hui Klo means. I will just Me look neither. that up quickly. Well, while you're looking that up, I'd like to no say... No exit. Behind closed doors. Oh, like a bottle episode. Yes. Um, should I read some more or do you want to quickly... Well, I wanted to say that the overall vibe that I got was that Roman Polanski had watched some porn and been like, but why is everyone here? They're doing it all wrong. What's, what are the inner lives of these people? Because the basic premise is just couple meets another couple on a cruise ship who wants to swing. Yeah. And he was just like, but what led them to this point? Yeah. Can't have been anything good. Yes. And, and, and also like, it's such, it's such a passive aggressive swinging. Like they're like, oh, they're so boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, a script that's all over the map and a tone that veers from ultra comedy to erotic game playing. Whatever, whatever else Mr. Polanski may be, nasty, mocking, darkly subversive in his view of the world, he definitely isn't dull. Bitmoon is the kind of world-class, defiantly bad film that has a life of its own. Disagree, I found the bits that I watched deeply dull. Yes, I thought it was very boring as well. And like, I have to say, like, I'll give you two positive things about this movie. Okay. I thought that the intro with all of the nice submarine shots and like, kind of like gooey 80s music, mm. not submarine, sorry, cruise ship, was, was really, I was like, I am enjoying this. This is probably the only bit of the movie I'm going to enjoy. And I enjoyed that Hugh Grant had the first line of the movie, mm. um, which you may not have known depending on where you started watching the movie. No, I watched the opening credits. Yeah. What did you think of Hugh's performance? I thought it was wooden. It was very stiff. I thought that again, it was like, it, 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 it was very it was quite classic. I would say quite quite classic. It, Gosh, I yes. Think. <laughs> it didn't it didn't it didn't fit in the movie at all, mm. which I thought was interesting. Like, if I am to believe that Richard Curtis did watch Bitter Moon and cast uh, Kristen Scott Thomas as Hugh Grant. Fiona and Hugh Grant exactly, then. But like, cause you imagine they they're like on the set of For Wedding and they're like, that last movie we did was a bit weird, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> like, what was nice that? Nice to do something light. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I I I think that it it goes to sh- like Hugh Grant's performance was out of place in the movie because mm. the movie's like kind of got this noir tone and, mm. and most of what he's doing for most of the movie is listening yeah to... and I suppose that's intentional because he's supposed to represent like the normal he's disgusted and he's like yeah. it makes sense that it's until the end when he is seduced yes well I think he's I, I, I can't tell if like is the point of what Oscar is doing just slowly trying to seduce Hugh to the dark side because he's like telling him this long story and like he keeps coming back to like you know he is the Hugh Grant listening to Oscar is the framing device for us learning about mm. Oscar and Mimi's relationship. But, like, there are breaks in the story where they'll be, like, at dinner, the four of them, and Oscar will be like, could I borrow your husband from you, Fiona, so I can continue telling him yeah. my, my, my tale of lust? And she's like, yeah, fuck it. Go so, for it! So they're, like, working Hugh Grant. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. And I also don't know how Oscar feels about Mimi, really, at the point that they're in. He just wants to die, basically. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, side note. He wants to die, so Mimi buys him a gun for his birthday to torment him or something. Um, fun. It's a fun movie. <laughs> it's just, like... It's, it's so interesting, because if this film was made by someone else, maybe a woman... I would be like, 
it's so interesting how it's like commenting on how men or indeed any perpetrators twist a situation in their telling of it in order to try and make it seem like the victims were in fact perpetrators. Uh, but because it's made by a convicted sexual abuser, yeah. I'm just like, this is, he's telling on himself. I think there are some things where, you know, it's not it's not necessarily like, in it, you know, engaging in art based just on mm. like, I won't watch that because that person is a dick or whatever. It's yeah. kind of like, that's not really how it works. But also like, you know, when something is so directly sourced, from, yeah. so directly sourced yeah. and mined from that person's life, and they've done something so heinous, yeah, it's kind of like, what can you really say about it? like, yeah. it, like there's a reason that no one talks about this movie now, like, yeah. like no one, and I mean partly it's because like it's, it's bad, good. like, like I read one person on on the internet, maybe on Letterboxd as well. I'm sorry that I haven't referenced them, say that this movie is most similar to The Room. And, like, it kind of is, because yeah. The Room is also a kind of accident, kind of like a weird, yeah. awkwardly sexual movie with bad dialogue and weird pacing and a lot of exposition. Yeah. And this movie is just, like, someone telling someone the story of their, of their sexy life or whatever. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. I think also, I think it's, I think it's worth noting that um, the woman who was at the centre of the court case that Roman Polanski was convicted. I can't remember what her name was. Mm. Um, but she has said that she believes that he didn't intend to hurt her. Mm. Um, and he sincerely believed that, even though obviously their quote-unquote relationship was terrible mm. and an awful thing to have happened to her, he thought that it was fine. And I think that that comes through in this whether this man who I can't remember his name, Oscar. Oscar something. Oscar is just unashamedly mm. telling mm. Hugh Grant about everything that he's done mm. because he's he it doesn't occur to him mm. that this is fucked up yeah. shit. Well the only the only real I guess the only real actual like meaning you could extrapolate from the movie is what is he trying to say about the subversion of Mm. of power dynamics in their relationship but it's so unbelievably fucked up both ways that it's it's kind of it's so extreme like people it's, it's just such an extreme movie in every way that i'm like is it a metaphor for how he abused a child and she <sighs> took him to court mm. and he was banished from the country where he lived mm. where we went chose to go mm. into hiding and as a result, she has all the power, and he has been crippled. Well, if you, if you, I don't know if you, if you watched the movie, <laughs> which I also did not, but but it, but towards. To, to, oh, you like this movie? <laughs> name three of the scenes. <laughs> but it, it, well, if oh, you don't like this movie, mis misinterpret three of them. No, but I think that like just free association. <laughs> but I mean, like, I didn't watch much of the ending, but like, there's this. You know when he when she t when he's at home, mm. the idea is that she he now. She's done that to him, so mm. that he will now have to have a carer, right? And she can be in charge of him and dominate him. And there are lots of scenes of her like being shitty to him and dominating him. And there's one where he's like blubbering, and he's like, well, "Why don't you just let me die?" And like it's very like 
he has been made he's been like debased whatever in the way that he was debasing her um uh, but you know there's a lot to kind of unpack there because it's like he's disabled now and she's it's i I don't know like is is it analogous and also like yeah it, it does feel like that because it's like him being like Oh well, what you did to me was oh. way worse than what I did to you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> did you just do an Italian? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, the fact is, I don't really know very much about Roman Polanski, nor have I ever seen any of his films. But oh boy, will I wildly conjecture. Yeah. I mean, I'm also conjecturing because, again, I'm I'm more like saw those things as I mm. skimmed through, but, um, you know. Yeah. I don't have much else to say on this one, do you? I thought Hugh Grant's hair looked really bad. Um, several episodes, uh, 30 episodes in, <laughs> 30 episodes in, I decided to say that uh, I thought the Hugh dressing. I guess we bad. could talk more about Hugh because we haven't, we, we've talked oh, a lot. What is there to say? Well, I, oh, I can tell you, I don't know whether or not his nipples were on show for Nipple Watch. I, yeah, with my <laughs> MA, did not finish. I mean, I have to say, I would quite like to see a supercut of this movie that's just him leaving the cabin that Roman Polanski's Well, that's character really similar to The Room as well, isn't yeah. it? Because in The Room, every scene starts with someone walking into a room. Yeah. Let me see if I've got any notes that we've not... Um... I, just, I just think, like, you could see him getting more and more... Because at the start, he's just like... There's also a really good bit where he's just, like, completely flat-out confused by why Oscar has got mm. him there. And he's like, what are you, her pimp or something? And it's just, like, Hugh Grant really struggling to understand that something is going on yeah <laughs> oh and there's that family in this movie for some reason there is a random dad and his kid on the cruise as well who they're friends with oh i don't think i encountered them they they're in it early on i think and at the end they like the dad and his daughter so like at the end mimi and oscar die by killing each other or whatever and hugh grant and fiona are there and they're like shocked and disturbed like embracing and then I think the, I think the dad of a dad is like to his daughter like why don't you go cheer them up <laughs> so that's a subplot I guess which I'm not sure what that's about but probably just like we needed a couple more characters yeah we needed to flesh this out yeah. a bit yeah well uh should we move on to here's the boss do you want have you got any other notes or are you done um, I have some stuff about Hugh Grant being the perfect perpetrator, but I... I'd like to hear it. Well, no, I just thought that sort of the way that Hugh Grant's behaviour, because ultimately he does sort of participate in the abuse of Mimi, mm. um, but I think that he's everything that a perpetrator believes themselves to be. Mm. You know, he's like completely passive. Mm. He didn't... She came on to him. Mm. Um, Which is like the role Hugh Grant was born to play. Like, yeah. passivity and it's happening to me. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's his that's his bread and butter. So, yeah. I, can, I, I really believe now that Richard Curtis really watched this movie. Definitely. <laughs> I really believe it. But that's everything I've got. Okay. Well, I, I, I have nothing else, so... Well, I'm just looking up if Richard Curtis has seen Bitter Moon. <laughs> um... Where would you like to place this? Um, well, I'm going to put it at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit conflicted because obviously the one I've got at the bottom at the moment is the Woody Allen. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to say that um, either of their crimes are worse than the others. But I'm going to put Roman Polanski on the bottom because at the end of the day he has been convicted. Mm-hmm. 
That's my reasoning. Okay. My but laptop... they are equal bottom in my heart. My laptop just died, but that's fine because <laughs> you put it last. Uh, I'm going to put this second last after Florence Foster Jenkins. <laughs> Some movies are too bad to, to move off that spot, so... Cool. Um, wow, my laptop's dead, so... Would you like to hear what we're going to watch next? I would love to. So this is a new film that has just appeared on the Hugh Grant filmography that was not there before. Okay. And it looks great. It's a made-for-TV movie. Oh. It's titled The Lady and the Highwayman. Oh. It is another Restoration-era movie. Oh, God. In which Hugh Grant plays a highwayman. Oh, okay. And in this movie, from the poster, it appears that he's sporting a mullet. Oh, my God. There must have been a reason that that was being scraped from the filmography. (laughs) (laughs) But it got me thinking. I was like, I wonder how many... Other Hugh Grant films have just been lost to the mists of time. I mean, I think that we should do our own little restoration of Hugh Grant's mm. film. Maybe we should write to Hugh Grant. Dear Hugh, dear Comrade <laughs> dear Hugh, dear Comrade <laughs> Huey, we love some of your films very much and are disgusted by many of them. I would like them. to know, are there more? How, uh, he probably doesn't remember. Yeah. He's done so many films, they all blur into one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, uh... Thank you for listening. Um, hopefully, the lady in the highway man will be a lot more fun and available. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I did a brief Google. It looks like it's on YouTube. Oh hell yeah! So we love you all. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. We love you all. <laughs> we love you all. Shout out to Jazz for being the executive producer of this episode. Yes. Um. um... Cool. And well, oh, we'll see you later. And, and as I said, you know who you are. We love you. Bye. <laughs>